Topic is sports, and yeah. we're going to have a blast. We're going to have a ball. Welcome to Chatter from the Cheap Seats, the podcast where we talk about sports, life, and everything in between. Today is a Sammy and Jack-only vehicle. Ori is streaming ch- chess, if you want to check him out. Oh, no, he's he? not really, but no, he's not. he does stream chess. He does uh, stream chess. That is he does. Fact. He's getting really into that recently. Uh, yeah, I mean, chess, I-, I will say, I like to play chess. I, I don't do as much as i would like to um chess is a fun sport i or not, it's not a sport not a, a fun sport. game i should say uh very there are lots of different uh, ways to think about it i guess but all i have to say is if you're watching ori play chess online you have issues that's all i'm saying <laughs> but yeah anyway. Jack, how are you doing today it's i'm doing good thursday today. yeah thursday today was my first day back to school in person Ooh. In a long oh, how'd it go, man? Uh, you know, some some aspects of it suck. Like I have to wake up earlier, I have to wear a uniform. Uh, days seem longer, but it's also nice to see my friends sure. and get back into the flow of things and yeah. not have to stare at a computer screen for six hours a day, which is nice. Um, yeah. I'm getting really I'm, into a new TV show. Oh, what is it? It's called The Challenge. It's sort of like a reality TV show. It's like it's you know Survivor. It's not Survivor, but it's it's sort of similar to Survivor. You have challenges, and you have to vote someone into elimination. It, it's sort of well, like Survivor. You, if you, uh, if folks listening don't already know, Jack Feldman here is a big Survivor fan. He loves his I am. Survivor. I am. I've seen oh. a, a bunch of seasons. Not all of them because there are forty seasons, and that's a lot. But <laughs> you know, today was a. A lot of things happened today. It was a crazy day. Uh, my dog got groomed, Spike. Wow. And my dog hates getting groomed, like hates it. So if you're sitting, I was sitting on the couch, right? And he sees the groomer. He runs halfway across the living room, jumps not onto the couch and then into my arms. He just jumps straight into my arms. I caught him in midair. Ooh. Well, and I mean, it's, it's is, his heart is beating so fast he is shivering oh, like, he's shivering think, oh my god i felt so bad he hates getting groomed he looks very cute after but he <laughs> hates getting groomed and he hates it he hates it so much he was shivering his heart was beating out of his chest he was he was hiding behind me and i had to give him up and i felt awful and another reason why today was crazy was because of the stock market yeah. if you were now, not I, aware uh there's this whole thing with GameStop and nokia and amc theaters and reddit and it was a whole thing uh and then robin hood it's a lot we're not going to go over it here because we are not a stock pod but if you look it up online it is crazy i don't know any like i want to learn more about like economics and like stocks and things i i i know a lot about a lot of things but econ- economics is not one of them i i, I know nothing about that it. should be the title to this episode it's just going to be i know a lot about a lot of things dash sammy crimstein oh no <laughs> but I, how, how, I, was your week, yeah. how was your week going it's been a while since we've you've gotten the opportunity well, to hop on the mic 
Uh, it has been a while. Uh, it's been a pretty good week. This is for us the end of our semester, which is cool. Uh, in this week, I had a debate on Wednesday, which was good. I, I do debate. I jam- do, you know, do you know if you won? So we, we had two of them because that's how it works. Like when we go, we do two debates. And so we went one and one. One um, do you feel like you got screwed? Do you think it was a pretty fair one and no, one? I, I feel like it was very fair. I, I feel like the first debate definitely could have gone either way. We played a definitely very good team. Uh, and the second debate, I felt like we won. But, you know, I feel like most of the times after a debate, I feel like it could have gone either way. I feel I, that way too. Although I feel yeah. a lot. Whenever we win, I feel like we completely lost. And then, like, sometimes when we yeah. lost, I feel like, like when, I, when I think I won the debate, because I do debate also. When I think I yeah. won the debate, I know I lost. Like, I know I lost. Because for some reason, whenever I think, oh, I, I got crushed, I actually win. So it's very interesting. But you think you did good? You got some good experience? Yeah, I love – I mean, I, I've only started doing it this year, and it's been virtual and everything. But, I, you know, it's been a fun thing because, obviously, I'm, I'm on this podcast. I love, like, debating sports. I've There was a club at my middle school um, with, like, a great teacher, Mr. Mack. I don't know if he – he's probably not listening, but shout out yeah, to him. I don't think Mr. Mack is Mr. listening. Mr. Mack is probably is, not listening. Yeah, Mr. Mack. But, uh, yeah, Mr. Mack, he had a uh, sports debate club, which was, like, very fun uh, in, like, sixth and seventh grade. And then now I'm doing real debate because um, I've always liked arguing, you know, sports, and now I just do it with, like – political matters i guess it's mostly what debate is yeah that is but, uh, today is a special day is. chatter from the cheap seats it is uh january 28th 2021 our 50th episode now this is a like this is a probably our biggest milestone yet i'd say uh 20 was a good one i think and then 50 man uh, it's it's crazy because oh. we started this as, as a thing did we say when did, did i say in our 50th episode we have to talk about cricket no that was for our 99th so we're not quite there yet we're, okay okay uh, you guys God. are gonna have to stick with us for almost another year newsflash i don't think there will ever be cricket talked about on this podcast hey if we get to 99th we have a promise to keep we're gonna get to 99 but I don't, I, I don't know if we're going to talk about cricket. We're trying to get people to listen here. Yeah, I mean, we'll, <laughs> I, cricket's interesting. I think maybe we could get some uh, maybe fans if from we got, England. If, I mean, they're, they're we like, got somebody that actually knew what he was talking about, and he could break it down to us like we were five-year-olds. That would be very nice. Then that would be nice. I think then I would get some enjoyment about cricket. But let's go now to a sport that we all know we all love the old football. Now, the championship round happened last weekend. We saw the Packers versus the Bucks, and we saw the Bills versus the Chiefs. We're going to save the best for last, so we're going to start off with the Bills versus the Chiefs here. Now, I picked the Bills to win. I was very yes, disappointed in how the Bills played. I think they were outmatched. I think the spotlight, the moment was too big for them. They're a young team. They're going to be back, but... I thought Josh Allen honestly looked a little bit overwhelmed and the yeah. Bills jumped out to an early 9-0 lead, but then it was just all Chiefs all day. Patrick Mahomes showed you why he's the best football player on the planet. He showed you why he's the MVP of last season, not this season, but He'll last season. He'll never be the MVP, though, like Mitch Trubisky. Not the, the MVP. MVP. That is an honor that only <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. The truth, the truth 
can have. It's on his pro football reference, which I find so funny. That's hilarious. But, I mean, anyway, yeah, I think that game was kind of boring. I think it we yeah. got a little interesting at the end. Not really, but not Sammy, really. do you have anything to add on this game? Well, I, I, I will say I was disappointed in the Bills, but – like, I, I'm not worried about the Bills. Like, I, I wanted them to win. I was rooting for them. I thought they could do it. And I think they're talented enough to win that game. I just think you have a lot of guys, with a few exceptions, Stefan Diggs being one, that have really never been in a moment like that. The Bills have been a team that have not had many recent playoff experiences. I don't think the Bills have ever won a Super Bowl in franchise history. They, they've been to four. Um, yeah. So it's not an experienced team when it comes to big moments. And that was very evident. Josh Allen was not the same. Uh, those first few playoff games against the Ravens and let's see, they played the Colts. You know, Josh Allen was electric. And I was like, yeah, this is a top five quarterback. And you go to Kansas City. I also want to mention how a big of it, how big of an impact the crowd makes. Because uh, obviously it's not a full house like it would be in a normal year. But those fans sounded like a hundred thousand people uh, in Kansas, at Arrowhead. It's probably the loudest stadium, maybe second if you want to put uh, Seattle over it. But those fans totally made an impact. You already had the Bills that, as I was saying, they were, um, to be frank, they were not prepared to be in a big moment like this yet. Uh, but they're very talented, and they have to get this experience so they're ready in future years. Because this is a team that I really do believe will be in a Super Bowl in the next three, four years. Well, I think a lot of it also had to do with the fact that the Bills had fans at their previous playoff game. Yeah. But they haven't had fans all season. And I think that made a big difference. Not against you. Not against them. I mean, they've had – in Buffalo, they've had fans. but No, they've only had fans in Buffalo. They only had fans in Buffalo in the first playoff game. They didn't – they were in the regular season. So I, mean, I think that made a difference because they weren't really used to it. And I think communication-wise that made a difference versus someone like the Packers or the Chiefs who have had fans in the stands all year. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean Kansas City, those fans, even when there's like – it's half reduced, like maybe even more, um, they're a different breed. Uh, it's probably up there in terms of being the best fans in football – and it's it's a tough environment to be in, especially when you haven't really had to play against uh, that kind of environment all year. So I think the Bills definitely had problems going into the game. And in terms of the Chiefs, I will say they impressed because as many issues as the Bills may have had, they're still a very good team. And after they took a 9 nothing lead, it was all Chiefs. Um, Patrick Mahomes told us that he was the guy – you know, he was like, don't even con- put this Josh Allen in the same conversation as me. That's basically what Patrick Mahomes did in that game. That is what he said. Um, the run game, I thought, was strong. Um, I thought Edward Hilaire coming off the injury was what the Chiefs needed. It, it wasn't electric. You know, it wasn't like, whoa. But it was what the Chiefs needed. And really, in the third quarter, maybe even halftime, you kind of knew that game was over. Um so the Chiefs have a lot of confidence, I'd say, going into their second consecutive Super Bowl. Gotta it's hard it. to win back-to-back. It is, man. Especially especially against the, these Bucks and Tom Brady. So let, let's talk about 
that game because that was by far the better game, the more interesting game. And, you know, I, I don't like either of these quarterbacks. I'll go on the record. Aaron Rodgers has torn up the Bears his enti- my entire life. It's uh, made me very sad. And, and Tom Brady, you know, he's one of the more hateable guys, maybe. I just respect to, Tom Brady. Just, I respect him a lot, but just in terms of he's won so much and people are rooting against him. I, mean, I don't hate Tom Brady. I'm the Brady. same way. I don't hate I don't Tom know Brady. why. I, I feel like I should hate him, but I just don't. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the respect I have for him, I don't want to, you know, diminish that. But this was – Truly a good game, uh, but the Packers came up short. There were a lot of missed opportunities. And let's start here by talking about, you know, what's on everyone's mind. That last drive, Packers are on the goal line. Third down, right? Aaron Rodgers has like five open yards to the right side. That was, I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't the fastest guy in the world, but I'm pretty sure he could have gotten into the end zone on that play. Easy, instead, no problem. He throws up not a 50-50 ball. That was like a 25-75 ball to, uh, I think it was Devontae Adams. It was hopeless. I mean, there was it, no it one was, it, it, it wasn't 25-75. It was 0-100. Wait, 75-85. Yeah, not, not a math pod. Not but, a math pod. I mean, but, I have a feeling that you're very – this move makes no sense for you. And it doesn't make sense of, for anybody. But I have a feeling that you're particularly upset about it. So I'm going to give you some time. The mic is yours. The floor is yours. Let's hear it. In terms of the fourth down, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fourth down, at first, I was kind of okay with it. At first, I was like, well, you know what? This defense has been playing okay. You know, they've had some rough secondary moments. But if they can really, you know, get down and stop those deep plays, which they hadn't really been doing, but – if they stop deep plays, then get the ball back and give Aaron Rodgers a chance to win the game. But as I thought about it more, you got to give him a chance to win the game there on fourth down. Um, we're talking about last episode, Andy Reid and the guts it took. Uh, he, went, he went for it on a fourth down to clinch a game for the Chiefs to, uh, against the Browns to move them on to the championship round. And Matt LaFleur, to be frank, did not have those same guts. He did not um, accept the risk of, you know, maybe failing there. And he took the conservative route. You take a field goal. And with the amount of time that was left and Tom Brady on the other side of the field, um, at the end of the day, it just, it just doesn't make sense. And I, Matt LaFleur has obviously been a great coach. He's, um, since Mike McCarthy left, he's really, you know, kind of, just return that Green Bay franchise back right into a winning team. Uh, but it's tough, man. That was not a good decision. Not a good decision by Matt LaFleur. And I, people are putting a lot on that. And that's my issue with it. Like, I think there are a lot of other opportunities for Green Bay to win the game. Yes, I Sammy, but about, that decision. I was already talking that about decision Aaron Rodgers, bad. man. I mean, Aaron Rodgers failed. I don't care oh, that he Sammy, you cannot say Sammy, Sammy. I know that you hate Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers did not fail. He did not fail. He had the chance taken away from him. Okay, oh, I, when I, you I, have a third, when you have a chance, just as a coach, and for, first of all, three hundred and forty-six yards, three touchdowns, one interception, hundred and one point six passer rating. That's a good game. That's a good 
game, 68.8% completion percentage. That is, that That's good. He played well. Now, here we go, because I am angry about this. Right? The strength of the team is Aaron Rodgers and the offense, which is one of, if not the best offense in football, right? The defense is not your strong suit. Even though they were playing well, it is not your strong suit. Now, why would you put the hands, why would you put the game in the hands of your defense versus your offense? You want, you want to, to put the game in the fate of your best possible, like the best possible part of your team, which is your offense. Now, you're telling me that it is a, that you weren't upset at first of the move to take the ball out of the hands of the best quarterback in football this year and risk it on stopping the best quarterback ever with a defense that is not the strong suit of your team. Do you realize when I say this, how ridiculous that move was? Not to mention the fact that if the Packers did go for it on fourth down and they didn't get it, they would basically be in almost the same situation as if they, they punted it away or they kicked the field goal and they stopped the Bucks. Because let's say they, they go for it on fourth down, they don't get it, right? The only difference between that and, and them stopping the Bucks is is that if they scored a touchdown, they would have to go for two and make a yeah. two-point conversion, which I'll take those odds and a chance to get a touchdown on fourth down any day over stopping the, the greatest quarterback to ever, ever play the game. Now, you know, I am, what I'm going to say. About I rate it. over this. Here's what I'm going to say about Aaron Rodgers. He had a great year. His statistics are amazing. He had a good game, right? But in the moment where he needed – In the moment where he needed to needed it most, Sammy, it was taken low, yeah, out yeah. of his hands. No, let me it was talk, taken let me talk, off talk. of him. He didn't get the chance. But he did. He had five yards wide open, man, it and he failed. Matter. He failed. Let me read you off a very interesting stat. Aaron Rodgers is 0-37 when entering the fourth quarter – trailing by more than a point against winning teams. He has not been clutch against good teams throughout his career. And once again, you play a good team, he's not showing up in the moment where he needs to. And that is why he only has one Super Bowl. I, you know, he's, people make excuses for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, bad calls. Oh, this. Oh, that. You're the best wide receiver in the league. You are the best quarterback in the league. You have a top 10 coach in the league. You have no excuse. Even you can't if say they make that. a bad decision. You say Aaron Rodgers had coach in the league. Aaron Rodgers had that. chances to win that game, and he didn't. The reason so, yes, they lost that Matt game is, is not Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Matt LaFleur is at fault, but I think you can't put all the fault on him, and I think you have to put some of it on Aaron Rodgers if you're the Green Bay Packers. I'm just being honest. Some people don't All like I'm going to say is the reason they lost that game is – because of Matt LaFleur's call. If Matt LaFleur does not make that call and he elects to go for it on fourth down, the chances, the percentage chance that they win that game goes up. And I personally think they do win that game. Even if, I don't know if they make it on that fourth down. Even if they don't make it, they still have an opportunity to stop Brady. And they well, still I mean, have an if they have an opportunity to stop Brady, why not take the three and give it to them? Because, because you have a chance to score a touchdown and win the game. You have a chance to, to take the lead. If you and look, if look, you go for it on fourth down and don't get it, right? All you have to do, you still have three timeouts. You still have the two minute warning. There is more than enough time. All you have to do is stop Brady, which was what you would have to do anyway with kicking the field goal, and then score a touchdown, which is the same thing that you would have to do anyway with kicking the field goal. The only difference 
is you would have to get a two-point conversion. And I trust the MVP to make a two-point conversion to Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in football, nine out of ten times. Except, I mean, but look, Aaron – like, I like Aaron – no, I don't, don't. like, like no, I, I respect Aaron Rodgers. I, respect I, I don't even, Aaron I don't Rodgers. think you do, Sammy. I, I, I do, man. But the stats don't lie, man. He's never in his life trailing by more than a point come back against a winning team. He's won a Super Bowl, though. He's a great quarterback. Right. He's a top people five quarterback like, of all time, in my opinion. My beef is that people are saying Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback of the caliber that should have you know, three, four, this, how many ever Super Bowls. And he doesn't have those Super Bowls because of his surroundings. And I just say that's wrong because this year you look at his surroundings and he had everything on the table for him and he failed to come up in the big moment. And I understand there's still a lot, there's still a lot of it on Matt LaFleur. And I'm not trying to take that away, but Aaron Rodgers had moments where he should have scored on that third down. He should have scored. Yes. He should have scored on that third down, but he, he got a he chance to he win the game chance. taken out of his hands. You can't say he missed his chance because his chance was evaporated. Evaporated. His fourth down chance was evaporated, okay? And how can you say that the Packers are doing everything in their power to put pieces around them to win a Super Bowl when in this year's draft they traded up to take a quarterback when everybody knows that Aaron Rodgers desperately needed weapons because, yes, he has Devontae Adams. But who else? Marquez Aldean uh, Scotland drops the ball every other pass. He's no, he not doesn't. Good. He's been incredible this He's year. He's not he, good. He th- drops so you know how many passes he drops? You're trying to turn this, Sammy. You're trying to turn this into an anti-Aaron Rodgers propaganda podcast, <laughs> and I will not stand for it. He is a top five quarterback of all time. I mean, and, like that might be fair. Like I, I'm not like even, I'm not trying to say he's not good. I'm just trying to say in big moments, he's fallen up short. And like he missed his chance, right? Like, okay, maybe, maybe in another reality he would have gotten the fourth down, but he didn't. His chance was on third down, and he had an opportunity. He had five yards right there off the right side of the field, and he did not take that opportunity. And there were other reasons, of course, Green Bay lost this game. That was a horrible call. Yes, there were other reasons, but that was, the, point out, that was the main reason. And I don't think that's arguable. I think that is the oh, yeah, single yes. I, most I put most, greatest most reason why they won that game or why they lost that game. But Sammy – I love you. Let's come back together. Give me a virtual yeah. hug. If virtual you're watching hug. on YouTube, you can see me and Sammy giving each other virtual hugs virtual right hug. now. Okay. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about some football quarterbacks that might be available in the offseason. So, I'm just going to say, throw out a name to you, and I want you to tell me just gut reaction. You're going to have five seconds to think. We do this a lot. It's a great game. Where do you think they're going to end up next season, right? Yeah. And I'll do the same. You ready? Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, I, I can't see another universe in which Aaron Rodgers is not a Green Bay Packer. And, you know, we're just talking about him a lot. You know, I, I think he, he does have issues with uh, front office, and I think he has issues with Matt LaFleur. But I don't think they're um, substantial enough to keep yeah. him from returning to Green Bay. Yeah. I, he, I agree. He's going to be a Packer next year. I agree. I don't think. I don't think there's any chance. I don't think there's. I think there's a zero percent chance that he is not in Green Bay next year. Okay. For the next four, we have four left. I want one word answers. Okay. Just quick. Boom. Rapid fire. You ready? Deshaun Watson. Do my best. Miami. Jets. Jets. I. You know. Now we can talk about it. Now we can talk. All right. I mean, I. I, I think it could be the Jets. Like I'm not. 
really, I don't really feel too strongly about the Dolphins, but I feel like it just makes more sense for him to be on the Dolphins because, like, the Jets are not going to be a good team next year. I, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team next year. The Dolphins are going to be a playoff team. Deshaun Watson obviously wants to win. Uh, Houston has kind of become, over the past year and a half, the most pathetic franchise in sports. Bill O'Brien, man, it's the Bill O'Brien effect. Yeah. <laughs> he would love to go to Miami, a, a team that's establishing a winning culture. And I think Deshaun Watson would love to be a part of that. It's a fun franchise to be a part of. I think the Jets are just a few steps behind the Dolphins. And I think Deshaun Watson is very desperate to win. So he'd go to Miami, not ruling out the Jets. Uh, he has said that he would like to uh, go to the Jets as well as the Dolphins. Uh, I, obviously, I'm hoping, you know, miraculously, he ends up on the Bears, even if we'd have to give away, like, the next four first-round picks again. But um, I don't think that – I don't think he's going to be a Bear, sadly. I think the Bears are going to have to figure something else out. People are saying Sam Darnold could be a Bear, which scares me a bit. But Sam Darnold is a what do you much think, better what do you think quarterback. The Jets, I think that Sam Darnold is a much better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky, even though he does have the MVP over his be- under his belt. And I think – a lot of people would back me up on that. Now, yeah. I think the Jets have the capital to get it done. They have a bunch of picks, the number two pick in the draft. I think they're going to have a lot of capital. They have the cap room to take on Deshaun Watson. And, yes, they're not going to be competitive. But you think you have your GM in place, Joe Douglas. He's a well-respected guy around the league. You think you have your coach, Robert Sala, who is one of the most, if not the most, highly touted coaching prospects this year I think everybody that you can possibly talk to has nothing but good things to say about Robert Sala I think Deshaun Watson knows that I think Deshaun Watson also is under contract for more than next year he's under contract for a long time so yes the Jets might not be good now but in a couple of years from now when they get good he's still going to be the quarterback there they have some pieces you have the number two pick in the draft, which you would have to give up for Deshaun yeah, I mean, Watson. Yeah, right. But you still you have Mekhi Becton. He's going to a place with an, uh, a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle, uh, a good coaching staff, good upper management. That I mean, I know they don't have much talent right now, but when you have a good GM and a good coach, teams can turn around real quick. And a good quarterback. And I, I think the and Jack a good quarterback. Those are the most important things on the team, really. I think the Jets are the most desperate for Deshaun Watson. I think they. I like, disagree really, with really, that really because of their draft capital. I think they're if if they really like Zach Wilson or they really like Justin Fields or if they really feel confident that that, that Robert Sala can come in and fix Sam Darnold and, and turn him into the number three pick that he was supposed to be, then I don't think that's a bad spot to be. And you trade down. You maybe draft Panay Sewell. You have. Two of the best. You have, you have yeah, you the and, best and you automatically have like a top league. 10 maybe trade down and draft Devontae Smith. Gee, I mean, there's so many different things that you can do in that situation. But let's move on now to the next player. You ready for this? Yeah. Matthew Stafford. Oh, God. Um, you know, people have been saying maybe San Francisco. but uh, I can see San Francisco. I could also maybe see the Bears. I could see the Bears. Um, the only I I I'd lo- I'd lo- I love Matthew Stafford. I would like to see him as a Bear. I think it's important to him that he goes to a place where he can win. 
Yeah, and I, I think it depends on what the Lions are looking to get. Like, obviously, it's not going to be as much as Watson, but um, no, Watson. They be a may hole. still have a pretty high price tag, and I think for an aging quarterback who, like, you probably get like maybe max three more good years out of him, if even, um, like maybe even one or two good years. I don't think the Bears would be willing to give up more first-round picks because, like I've already mentioned on this podcast, the Bears have missed first-round picks for the past, like, two, three years because of the Khalil Mack trade. So I, I think Deshaun Watson, they'd be willing to do that. Matthew Stafford, if that's what the Lions want, if they want, like, a bunch of first-round picks, the Bears are going to be more hesitant. Uh, for that reason, I, I think San Francisco, I think they're in a position where um, – they're able to clear some cap room. Uh, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, which we'll be talking about also in a little bit, is not going to be the quarterback anymore next year. That's looking pretty evident. And, you know, the 49ers are a team that can still win. And Matthew Stafford wants to win. They still have a good defense when they're healthy. Um, maybe you need a few more weapons offensively. That's my main complaint with them. But you have a decent offense, which you can capitalize on. 49ers can still be a winning team, and if that's the mindset with Matthew Stafford, if he wants to go somewhere where we can win, I think San Francisco is not a bad option for him. Um, I would like to see him in Chicago, but I don't know about that. Uh, where do you yeah. think Matthew Stafford's going to be, my friend? I could see the Bears, but I think 49ers, the 49ers do make a lot of sense for him. I'm not really sure on Matthew Stafford. Now, yeah, he, Jimmy he's Garoppolo – who is the 49ers quarterback as of now, is also another guy that I think he might get traded or cut or something. What do you think? Yeah, um, I don't think he's going to be with the 49ers next year. Um, I don't need, honestly, like, he's not going to be a starter. Like, I don't think he – like, he, honestly, he may end up just not playing next year, just being a free agent. If the 49ers do decide to cut him. I think if they move on from him, he will get – he'll try to find a backup job. I don't think he wants to take a year out of his career. Yeah, I mean, would he have to – I mean, because when you cut him, he's still on contract. Is like he's, Or would they have to sign a new deal? No, I mean, if you cut him, he's not under contract. I mean, so I guess – I mean – But he'd probably he'd sign him. Back, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is – I've never really been in love with him. Uh, he's not going to be a starter next year in this league. I think he can find a backup role somewhere if he can figure out things money-wise. But, I mean, we'll see, man. I, I don't see that career being resurrected. I mean, honestly, it was never really even that great. Like, he, he had a Super Bowl run, a Super Bowl. made it to the Super Bowl, but it was nothing because of Jimmy Garoppolo. No, he, he was good. He, he had a good season. He was solid. He was solid. He was like, solid. That's, he was a, nice, not that's like, a nice way whoa. of saying it. Like, that's a nice solid. way of saying it. Now, yeah. last guy on the list. Your man, you guys no. kind of look alike. Hot boy Sammy, hot boy Jared Goff. You know, a little bit of similarities. I suppose. Um, Jared Goff. I don't know, man. Uh, what, what are you thinking on Jared Goff? I mean, he's a weird one because he's another one with a big contract, and they're probably going to have to trade him away. Like, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Well, I think that he's another guy where it depends on a lot of things. It depends on do the Saints think that Jameis Winston can be a viable starter in this league? It depends on maybe he goes to a team like Detroit, you know? Maybe yeah, that's a team yeah. he goes to. Maybe he goes to the Bears even. 
You know, there's a lot of different options. I don't think he goes to the Jets because I think the Jets, the only quarterback that the Jets would be in on is Deshaun Watson because I think every other quarterback that's available, I think Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford, maybe because he's only 33, 34, which for a quarterback is pretty young, but I think he wants to go somewhere where he can win right now. I think that the Jets, it's either Deshaun Watson or Sam Darnold or the draft. You know, I don't think there's another option for them on the table. Yeah, I mean, dude, his, his base salary for 2021 is $25 million. Um, a lot of moolah. That's a lot of money. And honestly, if the Rams are trying to trade him, which is the only logical option, it seems, um, who's going to want to trade for him? Like, maybe the Saints, right? Like, that's a possibility. Um, yeah, but, but I think the Saints are going to stick with James Winston. James Winston, exactly. Like, I, I don't think people really want Jared Goff. And I feel bad for him because it hurt. Like, when you're hurt in the playoffs, and you just have to go out there. Like, you can't put your best um, product on the field. And obviously, he did not put his best product on the field. But um, I don't know, man. I don't think he's really even that great when he's healthy. Um, and teams don't want to inherit one of the largest contracts uh, – in the league for a subpar at best average quarterback. Maybe that'll be on Jack's dumb Twitter take one day, uh, like one day MVP year or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Jared Goff. I don't know if anyone's really going to want Jared Goff. Yeah, we'll see. I don't, I mean, I think he'll get a job because I, I do think he's done enough to, to get another starting job in this league. He has been serviceable. Starting job, right. yes. Yeah. He's good I mean, enough to, to, to go to a Super Bowl if the situation around him is perfect. And I think that's, that's what, what happened you can say about him. But yeah. Let's transition on now to a sad note, a somber note. Hank Aaron, uh, one of, if not the greatest baseball player of all time, has passed away. Now let me read you some statistics about him because some of his numbers are crazy. Hall of Famer, obviously. MVP. Uh, he won a World Series. Three-time Gold Glove two batting titles, and 25-time All-Star. 25-time All-Star. Wow. He didn't play 25 years. But I think sometimes they did like a two. I think he did. I think he played No, he only played years. 23 years. But I think once or twice they did like two All-Stars. And some. there's some weird math. But he was an All-Star every single season except for his rookie year and his final year. And let me read you some of his all-time numbers. 755 home runs, the, the non-steroid home run king. Uh, career batting average of 305. Uh, a career 2,297 RBIs. A career on-base percentage of 374. 555 slugging percentage. 928 OPS and a 155 OPS plus and a whopping 143.1 career war. If you took away every single one of Hank Aaron's home runs, he would still have over 3,000 hits. Is it that crazy? Because he also has 3,771 hits, if you didn't know. Wow. I mean, it it really is sad. Um, He's the guy, man. I mean, he's a great guy as well. he dealt with with when he was crowned the home run king of baseball, a lot of racism. And 
it was, you know, I, I watched some videos and stories on it, uh, and it's tough to see. And he dealt with it in, in a great way. He's a, just a phenomenal guy. And when you look at his numbers, he's like the consistency king. Uh, he's putting up the same stats in 1957 than he's putting up in like 1971. Like, if he was on the free agent market today, I would almost be, I'd be willing to give him like a 20 year deal <laughs> and he, he'd be doing the same thing every, all those 20 years. And that's what you got to love about him. And it's not just like, you know, Oh, he's going to hit like 15 home runs every year. And he's going to keep doing that every year. He's putting up great, great numbers. Um, he's the man. Uh, I, I love Hank Aaron. Uh, it's, it's very sad that he passed away and, I chatted from the Chiefs. We're going to miss him a lot, man. He, he's, he's the we guy. Are, we are going to miss him, and it is very sad. Now let's get on now to some rapid-fire baseball moves. So I'm just going to go down the list here and name all the moves that happened because there are a lot. The yeah. stove <laughs> we a lot was of stuff. hot. The stove was Burning. Like yeah. If you touch that thing, like I, your pointer finger would be gone. I'm pretty sure. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Out in the streets, Kirby Yates, Blue Jays, Michael Brantley, to back to the Astros. I think that I mentioned was weird. that in last episode of the podcast. So I mentioned him and George Springer last episode. Yeah. So we're going to skip over those. But Kirby Yates, Blue Jays, Kiki Hernandez, Kiki, Red Sox, Jamison Tyone to the Yankees in a trade. The Pirates received Miguel Yahuri, Ronzi Contreras, Contreras, Mateo Escudo, and Cannon Smith. Garrett Richards to the Red Sox, Brad Hand to the Nationals, Adovino to the Red Sox, Tanaka back to Japan, sad face. Yeah, Jack Pedro is very Hernandez sad about this. <laughs> to the Indians, JT Uriamuto to the Phillies, Marcus Simeon to the Blue Jays, Freddie Galvis to the O's, wow, La Stella to the Giants, Angelton Simmons to the Twins, Darren O'Day, O'Day, O'Day to the Yankees, and Steven Matz to the Blue Jays in a trade where the Blue Jays receive Steven Matz, Matz, and the Mets receive Sean Reed Foley, Yenzi Diaz, and Josh Wanowski. Yes. I need a Lots break after stuff. that, man. Wow. That, yeah, that, yeah, Jack, I mean, he's out of breath after seeing all the moves we've missed since like a week and a half ago. Um, things were kind of cold, and then they got hot, and now it's hot. and. Uh, everything is happening and there's still a lot of pieces um, left to be signed. Obviously the biggest name of the offseason Bauer has yet to make his decision despite constant trolling on his uh, YouTube vlog, YouTube channel, which I, I do enjoy. I, I know it's all troll trolling stuff, but it is, it, it, he does make good content. I will say, um, but to talk about these moves, let's kind of go in chronological order. Kirby Yates, uh, because going into 2020, he was, you know, arguably the best reliever closer in the game. And then he really, you know, he had four innings this year. He was hurt. Not, you know, an ideal situation for him. Do you think he's the same guy um, as he was in 2019? Or do you think, you know, only, only pitching four innings in 2020 is going to really affect him? For the Blue Jays, do you think this is a good signing? Because they didn't get him for much. It was like I think five it's a good million. Signing. 
Yeah, I think it's a good signing. I think 2020 was a weird year for everybody, so I don't I don't put a lot of I don't put a lot of marbles in the 2020 yeah. basket. He yep. was amazing in 2019. And now, Kiki Hernandez is a guy where he's a good player. You know, he's a solid player for the Dodgers. He did not have a good 2020, but I, I think a lot of people had had bad 2020s. You know, he's a career. He's not. He's not going to be a good starter. But if he's on your bench, you know, he's a good piece. Now, Jamison Tyone to the Yankees. Sammy, can you try? Can you try to pronounce Jamison Tyone? Jamison Tyone. A lot of people butcher that. A lot of people butcher that. I, I'm very impressed that you got that. Tyone. Well, I mean, he's he's been in, I, I, my NL Central. I know all my NL Central. That's true. That's true. Sammy knows his NL Central. I, <laughs> I know my NL Central. Yeah, uh, Tyone is good, man. I mean, I, I say I know the NL Central. He's been a guy. He's a Cubs fan. Like that. That uh, when he's healthy, which is you know, that doesn't happen too often, unfortunately. When he's healthy, he's a guy as a Cubs fan. I'm kind of like, uh, I don't really want to face him. Uh, he has good stuff. Very, um, he, he's very good at locating, and he's had some good years. 2018 being his best, 3-2-0 ERA. 2019 a little bit of a decline. 2020 did not pitch a. Well, he was hurt in 2019. There was no decline. He yeah, was he was. He was hurt in 2019 as well. Um, but does that issue? Does that concern you? Because he hasn't really been fully healthy since 2018 jack is a yankees fan um that is, is true it concerning that he hasn't pitched to his full abilities in a while uh like because as, as if that was the cubs making that signing i would be concerned i'm i'm a little bit concerned that he won't be back to where he was in 2018 and uh but 2017 where he was at his best i mean it doesn't make me feel great but yeah. it's a risk, you know. You can be getting a potential low-end ace, high-end number two pitcher at your best. That You know that going in. He's a fantastic pitcher. But, you know, there is a risk involved because he is very injury-prone. Now, he completely changed his mechanics. He's working with Eric Cressy, the best injury prevention guy in the league. He's back with Garrett Cole, his best bud. Yeah, and I think they're really going to do some great things together. You're not really giving up any prospects that you really care about at all, so that's a good thing. I think it's a it's it's, it's a win win trade for the Yankees. Now you got a lot of names to get through, so we're just going to go rapid fire here. We're going to give a few brief thoughts, and we're going to go to the next one. Garrett Richards to the Red Sox. The Red Sox really need pitching. It makes sense for both sides. Yeah, fair enough. I I, I like the deal. A little expensive. Um, Ten million dollars. Like I like Garrett Richards, but like ten million dollars. I agree with uh, that. He is, they really do. He, he's had some very good years when he was in Los Angeles. I will give him that. But he has not really been good since twenty eighteen. So yeah, that is yeah. concerning for me if I'm a Red Sox fan. But I think their rotation back to when back to full health is going to be a solid rotation. I disagree. Sox- I think it's still a bad rotation. You don't know what Chris Sale was going to be. Coming off of TJ, you don't know what a lot of guys are going to be. Even with full health, I still think it's 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 a short, uh, week. Not very. Uh, they don't have much depth. But anyway, Brad Hand to the Nats. I hate this signing. He's you're going to death about this. I'm statistic wise, really good. 
However, $10 million, a lot of money for a reliever. And his fastball velo has been declining over the past couple of years. And that is a huge sign that a pitcher is about to have a bad season, that they're about to regress when you see that their fastball velo is declining. Yeah, I mean, Brad Hand was phenomenal in 2020. Um, He was really good. But I'll agree with you here. And it's kind of similar last week to my Archie Bradley argument relievers are it's a tough ballpark because you could sign a guy for two million dollars that no one's ever heard of before and he's going to be like the best reliever in the league next year like um i know he was a rookie but devin williams he was the best reliever in baseball in 2020 no one saw that coming um that was amazing and that's the thing and you could have guys like um i don't know a kirby yates we were just talking about he only like he could have a horrible year. The reliever market is very volatile. You never know what you're going to get. And that's why teams, I think, are very – they're not very willing to give a lot of money to these guys. Brad and he has been very good, but with the fastball velo declining, I am a little bit concerned. I think he's going to be solid. I don't think – I don't think the trends are as concerning as with R.G. Bradley. I think he's been better than R.G. Bradley, but – um. I, you know, I think there's a chance that this does end up being a complete waste. It of could money. come back to bite them it in could, the yeah. butt. Now, I'm not saying it will, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Now, next move here. This is a big one. This is a huge move. JT. Real Muto, Sammy. Your boy. Back with the Phillies. The highest AAV for a catcher ever. Five years. $115.5 million. Macaroos, macaroos, everything that you can say that dollars are, he got. What do you think? I I like it. I mean, I I think it was kind of getting to a point where there wasn't really too much else that could have happened. Like the Mets, they got uh, McCann, and then the Blue Jays are kind of set, and all the big players didn't really need a catcher. The only team that was maybe jumping in at the last minute was the Atlanta Braves, but – you got Travis Darno there. Darno, not a good name for me. I'm not very good pronouncing that one. Travis Darno, who's been pretty solid for the Braves. So there was no reason for them to spend a bunch of money on Real Micho. The only logical place for him to end up going was back to Philadelphia. And that is where he went. I, I like the signing. He's undisputably a top three uh, catcher in the game. I think a lot of people have him in number one. Uh, phenomenal glove, great pop time, um, great hitter as well. So, I, of course, I like it. It's um, a big deal for a big-name player. And let's see, another move that happened, uh, a lot of money for this guy, uh, Marcus Simeon. $18 million, only one year, but that is a lot uh, for a one-year deal. Got you know, I mean, look at his baseball reference, and he has been – pretty solid you're not a guy who's going to get on base tremendous at a, a tremendous rate but he hits for very good power especially for a shortstop 33 home runs in his last full season which is honestly if i'm the blue jays that's kind of what i'm looking at like because power the shortstop position outside of your like blockbuster names like your correa your bias when he's playing well your lindor you're not going to be getting a lot of home runs Simeon, I would not put him in that category, but he had 
a great 2019. Uh, 33 home runs. He was third in the MVP vote, 285 batting average. That's an MVP caliber year, and um, that's what the Blue Jays were looking at. I like the deal. I think he's going to be another exciting piece on what is turning into one of the best offenses in the American League, without a doubt. That division, Uh, that whole division is really good. It is really good. I I think even the Red Sox and the Orioles are decent teams. Yeah, I mean – I I, I don't think there's any team in that division that is like, ugh. If you go across the league there to the NL, though, the NL East, I mean, that division is crazy. But Freddie Galvis to the Orioles, one year, uh, $1.5 million. This is a flyer. You know, you know what you're going to get with Freddie Galvis. You're not going to get much offensive production. He had a decent year, seven twelve OPS. Love uh, his defense. N- nothing That's crazy, he's, but he's a good defender. He's going to give you good defense. Now, speaking oh of a guy, Sammy, that can give you good defense, Andrelton Simmons. Oh my god! You know what? I mean, I was watching. It was I think Foolish did the video. Did you see that one on Foolish Baseball? Simmons? Yeah, Bailey. Yeah, no, I did not. Yeah, it was very interesting. He's basically saying that, like, with Angelson Simmons, like, defensive statistics, like, he's basically Hall of Fame caliber. Like, that's how good he is. Um, Bro, if he I don't know, be, like, just Hall of Fame caliber, but better he, on offense, oh, my God, that would but be look crazy. At, I mean, but, like, that's the thing. Angelson Simmons, like, is a pretty good offensive player. He was hurt for, like, half of the year. That did two not, he, did he didn't have any home runs. But, you know, he's getting on base. He's been doing that his whole career pretty consistently. And he's not really hitting for that poor of average. He's not a power guy. doesn't claim to be. And that's fine. He's giving you, like, average offense. And Hall of Fame, like, probably the best defensive shortstop of all time caliber defense. He has four gold gloves, a Wilson overall defensive player of the year, and a platinum glove. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) his defense cannot be underestimated. He is incredible. And with average offense, uh, if I'm the Twins, uh, I think they're obviously set on resetting Cruz. With that, you know, they'd have a good offense. They don't really need help there. Defensively, though, uh, in the middle of the infield, they haven't been too strong. And I think that's a great deal. Simmons is the best in the business. When you talk about a defensive middle infielder right now, another interesting move, Jack likes this one. I think it's kind of a no-brainer to like this one. Darren O'Day, my boy, he's been in the league for a long time. Or he said that it was his favorite baseball player. I don't know how true that is, but, you know. Or is a big Darren O'Day fan. Yeah, um, Darren O'Day, though, uh, you know, he's got the sidearm sort of thing. One year, only $2.5 million to the New York Yankees. And Jack was telling me earlier, he has some sneaky good statistics if you look on his baseball reference. You want me to through read those? Because he was a stud at Baltimore and was a stud last year in Atlanta. Now, it was only 16 innings, but in 16 innings, he had 22 strikeouts and a 1.110. ERA, a 0.796 whip. I mean, last season in 2019, he had an ERA of, of 1.69. Now, it was only in eight games, which was five innings. So, actually, disregard that. He was hurt for most of that year. But he's never had an ERA, or he's had an ERA one time in his entire career, or two times, I guess, that, that was About over four. four. One of, them, one of them was his rookie year, which I, I don't really count. And then another was 2011. Since he's gotten to Baltimore, I'm just going to read you some of the stat lines. 2.28 ERA, 
Now, he's 38 years old, but he's a guy where he doesn't throw hard anyway. He's sort of like 85, 86, around that, miles per hour. He's a sidewinder, submarine pitcher. He's funky. He's got some funk to him. Yeah. He's a guy that I still think can get it done. Yeah, he's great. You still got Chad Green for the seventh. Uh, Zach Britton, who Zach Britton is one of the best left. The Yankees have two of the best lefty relievers in baseball. Like people yeah. hate on Chapman. Zach Britton might be the best reliever in baseball. Like he's better than like if you the just look at his statistics. But a reliever in general, like like Zach all Britton time. Like like look, last season in twenty twenty one dot eight nine ERA. Twenty nineteen one dot nine one. Another former Oriole two dot eight eight three dot four five. Since he's gotten to the Yankees, he's he's had a 2.88 ERA, a 1.91 ERA, and a 1.89 ERA. He's been absolutely incredible. Chapman, now I know this is a tirade here, but it'll tie in. You just got to trust me. Chapman gets a lot of hate. People say he's washed. He doesn't throw as hard, but he's learned how to pitch. He is not washed. Let me tell you. 2020, a 3.09 ERA, which was the highest he's ever had except for outside of 2011, but uh, and 2017, but still very good. 2019, 2.21 ERA, all-star. He was named to the 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 all the all-player MLB list. 2018, 2.45 ERA, 3.22. Uh I mean, he's been nothing short of incredible. Now, here's the part where this gets interesting. Now, Chad Green, who is another one of the Yankees elite relievers, He's very good. He had in 2020 a 3.51 ERA, but he had some balloon games. He had like one game where he was awful, and that kind of ballooned his stats up. He was very solid this year. 2019, same thing. He had a 4.17 ERA, but it was sort of like he had one game that ballooned his stats up. Uh, 2018, 2.50, and 2017, 1.83. So he's he's regarded as a – one of the best relief pitchers in baseball, I think it's fair to say. But the good he, he was converted from a starter. So, yes, you can use him in high leverage positions for one inning, of course. But I like him better when he's used sort of as a utility knife. You can bring him in in the fourth inning, and he can get you from, like, the fourth inning to the sixth inning. He can go three innings in a pinch. Like, I think three innings is his max. Like, in the playoffs, you need him to get three innings if he's fresh. Now, obviously, that he probably won't be fresh in, in a do-or-die situation in the playoffs. He'd probably pitch the day before. But he's a guy that if you couldn't do that last year because you really only had three guys you could trust. Now, if you're winning a game one nothing, let's say your starter gets hurt in the fourth inning, instead of having to bring in a guy like Jonathan Lewiska or Luis Sessa, you could bring in Chad Green from, like, the fourth inning to the seventh inning, fourth, fifth, or let's just say the fifth inning, the fifth inning, the sixth inning. Two innings, fifth and sixth inning, right? And instead, and now you have a guy that can pitch the seventh inning that you trust. You can put Darren O'Day in a one-run game in the playoffs in the seventh inning. You got Darren O'Day in the seventh, Zach Britton in the eighth, Chapman in the ninth. You feel confident in that. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, the Yankees' bullpen is really kind of – They still need one more guy. Pretty cool. I'm not going to feel say. confident unless they get one more reliever. Yeah, I mean, the cool thing about Darren O'Day is that he has pretty elite um, – people don't really hit the ball hard off him, which makes sense. He throws, like, 
like you were saying, you know, with the sidearm thing, he throws like probably tops out at 90, maybe 89, 88. But um, his home runs per nine, it's like only been over one a few times in his career, which is pretty impressive. Um, and it's something that obviously in, a, in big games, those are deflating. If you can uh, keep the ball from getting hit hard, you can be a good pitcher. And, he, you know, Darren O'Day has been. I really like the signing for remarkably low cost as well um, for the New York Yankees at only $2.5 million. So on the other side of New York, or eh, another borough of New York, Queens, the Mets have been pretty busy this offseason. Another move for the Mets, Stephen Matz. They trade him to the Blue Jays. Now, I had not realized how bad Stephen Matz had been. And I was watching MLB Network earlier today, and they're talking about how a lot of it has to do with a sinker ball, which has been a pitch that has kind of been going out of fashion in baseball. A lot of guys are resorting more to the two seamers as opposed to the sinkers. And with a pitch that's um, kind of being identified as ineffective, uh, Steven Matz is the ineffective of ineffective. He has the second lowest, I think it's like strike rate or strikeout rate um, with a sinker. Uh, at the end of the day, he is one of the worst pitchers with one of the worst pitches. Uh, so the Blue Jays get a guy that maybe they see they can work on a little bit. Maybe they have a solution to his woes. Uh, the Mets receive some prospects in the deal. Right-handed pitcher Sean Reed Foley, Reed Foley, uh, Yancy Diaz, and Josh Winkowski. If I'm pronouncing Winkowski. that correctly, that's a yeah, tough name. It is, but baseball has been busy, man, and I, I love it. Uh, the offseason's heating up. The only thing I don't really love is that the Cubs have been very quiet, which maybe is a good thing because I don't really want them like to trade away KB, which is looking uh, a little bit uh, inevitable. I told you, you wouldn't listen to me. Yeah, I mean, look, we'll, we'll see what happens. I've been seeing more credible reports saying that it could happen. I'm still holding on to hope that we can hold on to him and he's going to have an, another good year. We'll just have to see. But we talked a lot of baseball today, a lot of football. But we still have to talk basketball. And E-ball. I think the hottest team in the league right now has to be the Utah Jazz. They have been absolutely incredible and it's really been, I think, a lot thanks to uh, their defense and a lot thanks to the best defensive player in the league, Rudy Gobert. He is, like, pretty close to leading the league in rebounds. He has 14.2 per game today on Thursday, January 28th. Donovan Mitchell has been balling out as well. And you look at that team, and I don't think a lot of people re- – I didn't realize. I slept on them in my predictions. The Jazz are a very well-rounded team. Uh, they, they have some guys that are very good at shooting the ball. Donovan Mitchell is a, a very good scorer. And Rudy Gobert, um, a decent scorer, but the best defensive player, in my opinion, in the game of basketball. And he has been that. And that's really what's been helping him out here on this 10-game win streak. They're hoping to extend it and keep extending it. Um, and they're really approaching on – I think they actually may hold the top spot in the West as we speak. Let's check on that real quick if my phone loads. Let's see. 
We'll be right back on your scheduled programming. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, the Jazz are at the top of the Western Conference currently by a half a game over the Lakers, but they've been surprisingly good, and they're the hottest team in the league right now. What do you have to say about these flaming hot uh, Utah Jazz? The Jazz seem like they just can't lose, man. That's all yeah. I have to say. They can't lose, Sammy. It's not in their blood. And like they've beaten some pretty good teams, too. Uh, the Nuggets, who have been underwhelming. The Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, let's see. They've beaten the Hawks, who I respect as a very good team. The Warriors. And another underwhelming team in the Mavericks, who they play again tomorrow. But um, they've been uh, incredible. And it doesn't really seem like they can lose right now. And you know, I remember I was younger. It was like maybe 2014, 2013, and the Miami Heat had like a 20-game win streak or something. You know, start looking at this one, got folks. Start kind of monitoring the situation because we may be seeing a historic win streak once again with the Utah Jazz. They've been just electric. Um, another team that is not doing so well is the – well, there are a lot of teams. The Washington Wizards, we could talk about a little bit. But uh, the Miami Heat, because the Wizards didn't really have very high expectations. Higher, maybe, than people thought after getting Westbrook. But they've been very bad. Worst team in basketball he's, right he's now. He's fallen off a cliff. Yeah, I feel bad for Bradley Beal, who we'll talk about in a little bit. I think he'll get traded. but Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but the Miami Heat have not been good. They have lost four games straight. They are three and seven in their last ten basketball games, and can you really blame it on the on the Heat right now because they're missing a lot of guys? Yeah, they, they, I mean, they have a lot of injuries. I still think that they're going to get in the playoffs, and I mean, obviously Jimmy Butler out, Tyler Hero out, Myers Leonard out. Now I think they're going to get in the playoffs, and I think once they get everybody healthy, they got Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> What? Bam Adebayo's been playing good. He yeah, I'm saying no once help. they have all three of them together. Oh, yeah. <coughs> COVID. Oh, God, watch out, man. Uh, but let's no, not actually about... COVID. I just – um, it went down the wrong pipe. But let's now we're going to do an interesting all-star prediction oh, list. So, Ori yes. – or Sammy, take it away. I called you Ori. You called me Ori. All right. So, Jeff, do you have uh, your predictions here for the NBA all-star game? I do. We're going to do – I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're going to do the our starting five. Yes, starting five. All right. Um, so we're going to – we're gonna because I text – and the NBA, you can vote for all-stars. So we are going to be um, publicizing our ballots here on Chatter from the Cheap Seats. This is – and I don't even know if you can vote if you're under 18 for this. Like, they're really, – uh, Yeah, you can. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, but whatever. Uh, this, this is my ballot. For the Eastern Conference, I'll go East. Are we just doing the Eastern Conference today or also the NL? We'll do both. Both, yeah. So I'm going to go first. I got Trey Young, Bradley Beal, of course, uh, no doubt that he's going to be on the team, Zach Levine, Demontis Sabonis, and Joel Embiid. I love how you just got to throw in the Zach Levine, even like you just got to throw it in there because you still love him. But I, I, dude, like he's been an all-star. I, I mean, maybe not, not on my he's not. Uh, he did not make my all-star team. He did not make your starting five, and that's like I understand that. But like, I think he is plenty good enough to start. And he's 
if he is not on the all-star team, I am going to throw a fit. I swear to God. Um, like if he's not on the 15 guys. Uh, yeah. Okay. But, here um, we go. Yeah. So. Now this is going to be the toughest year in, for a while that I can remember. I think there's so many worthy options. So oh, yeah, for the East. I'm just going off of games to this point, not like historically, but anyway, oh, well, so yeah, of course. I have Bradley Beal. Now this might be a little bit of a hot take, Jalen Brown. That's not. I, I I was thinking of putting. He's been. Uh, the Bulls played the Celtics the other day. I was yeah. watching. I mean, he takes over a game. Yeah. Uh, Kev, Kevin Durant. He's been incredible. Yeah. Like I think you're regretting not having him. Yeah, I'll I'll explain it in a little bit because I was debating between him and Sabonis and yeah, Joel Embiid. Yeah. And Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. So, I think you got to give. So, I, I don't mean, know about Giannis. But. I think Giannis will uh, – these are my predictions, right? Predictions. I mean – I think Giannis, you know, he's still – he's averaging 26.8 points a game, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, you know. Yeah. He's not I mean, shooting great, but he's still playing really well. Yeah, and, I mean – Oh, I, my God. I'm, I'm just looking because I'm on his basketball reference right now. Oh, the, the pronunciation – Giannis Adetokounmpo, but <laughs> some of his statistics, like or his accolades, like four-time All-Star, three times All-Defensive. Uh, he's like twenty-seven or something. Yeah, twenty nineteen to twenty twenty Defensive Player of the Year, two times MVP, uh, Most Improved Player, uh, All Rookie Team, four times All NBA. I mean, come on. But yeah, so that's my Eastern Conference. So now, since you started off with your Eastern Conference, do you want me to say my Western Conference now? Yeah, and then uh, I guess we could kind of talk about it a little bit after you do your West. Yeah, yeah. So I have I have Curry. Yep. Uh, Damian Lillard. Fair. Uh, Jokic. Yeah. And then uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. No, I mean LeBron has been. LeBron has not been nearly as good as he should have been. Sammy, you're telling me that LeBron is Sammy. LeBron is going to be an All Star starter. I don't care. Like he's LeBron. Hey, look, LeBron I'm is playing. Base. You can LeBron will start in the All Star game. He's going to. I'm not hey, look, saying look. you're telling me he's not. I mean, he's still he's look, averaging twenty five point six points a game, seven rebounds, seven assists. He's shooting forty one point one percent from three, which is really good. From three. You know, God. I mean, he's and, and and even if he wasn't playing good, even if he was playing awful, you know, he would still. Yeah, and like I think he has been um, scoring wise, not as good as he usually is. Um, and look, I he's going to be on the team. Like I, I'm just going with some guys I kind of thought should be on the list. So I, I do agree with you. Steph Curry has been amazing. Um, he's been really good. I have seen uh, another trailblazer, uh, CJ McCollum, who's been an, an incredible scorer. And as I think. He's not the most well-rounded guy in the world, but he's like 10th in the league in scoring. Um, so as a shooting guard, I couldn't really think of anyone else to put there for the West. I think McCollum would deserve that to be in the Western Conference. I have uh, – this is kind of a hot take here. Uh, I have Christian Wood uh, from the uh, Houston Rockets, and I'm going to be perfectly honest, man. This guy is the most – underrated player in basketball. And I thought this even going into this year, I, I with the Pistons, uh, which is who he was with before, I loved this guy. I wanted the Bulls to pursue him in free agency. They did not. The Rockets got him. Um, there was The Bulls weren't going to do that. 
But uh, uh, Christian Wood is just amazing. Uh, he's been the best player on that team since Harden's left. 23.5 points per game, almost 11 rebounds. And he's shooting uh, 52%, almost 53%. And as a big man, 37 from the field. Christian Wood has been electric, uh, one of the more surprised players of this year, and I think he deserves to be on the All-Star team. And then I have Luka Doncic, who I like him. He's really cool. And, of course, Jokic, who might be the league MVP if we're to end the league today. So um, let's go back to the East. That's fair. Uh, so I want to explain myself here because you had KD, right? Yes. And, I, I mean, KD is having an incredible season. He is. And – I put Sabonis is averaging like seven less points than KD is. It might be a little more or less, but um, yeah, KD is averaging, averaging thirty less points. points per game, thirty-seven and five. My thing with Sabonis is that he has been um, such a well-rounded player, and how do I? Mm, I don't think he doesn't mean more to the. Mm, I, I wanted to say that he means more to the Pacers than KD means to the Nets. Katie is the most. That's probably not Katie's true. Set. I believe that. I mean, I think Katie is still the second best player in basketball. Yeah, and I mean, maybe, maybe that's a cold take, but I just think Sabonis has had an inc- another incredible year. He's been more well-rounded uh, than Katie this year, and that's a fact. Uh, for Katie is still the second best player in basketball, though. Yeah, um, but I'm just going on based on what I think for this year. I'm not going based on predictions or whatever, what I think people will do, because I know people will not agree with me for a lot of these, but I think I like all these guys. Embiid kind of goes without saying he's been emerged as an MVP candidate, candidate, candidate this year. um, Word pod, pronunciation pod. pod. Ooh, pronunciation pod. That's a new one. That's a good ring to it. Doesn't it? I I like the ring to that one. But yeah, those are all-star teams. Unless there's anything else Jack wants to say on his picks. No, you know, fun episode. Yeah. As always. Done for the day. <laughs> yeah, you know, we wish we could. And, and, and you guys let us know on Instagram in the comments. We're uploading some polls, some, some, some you know, just some interesting in, Instagram posts that are sports related. So please, please, please interact with us as much as possible. We love hearing from you guys. You can do that by following us on Instagram and TikTok. At yeah. chatter underscore cheap seats pod, uh, just just let us know like like if you guys would be interested in us producing more content as chatter from the cheap seats. So maybe you know right now we can only do one podcast a week, but you know over the summer we did two podcasts a week. But maybe as the year goes on, this would have to be a group decision. So this is no promises, but maybe we would do one podcast and then another podcast maybe next summer or this summer or over spring break on special occasions, maybe a shorter podcast. Like there are options that we can do. So let us know on Instagram and TikTok at chatter underscore cheap seats pod, or leave a voicemail at two zero two seven, four, three, one, seven, six, seven. And what an episode. I had a fantastic time. Sammy, do you have any last words to say to the people, the peeps? I mean, we always say we're chock full of sports, but I'll put it this way. Today's episode, I went in, my voice was feeling great. And now, it's feeling a bit raspy. Because we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, man, we had a lot to talk about. There's so much stuff going on. And I love it. Because when we started this podcast 50 episodes ago, 50 episodes ago, there was no sports. And that's why we came together. Because we were missing sports. And 
you know, there was none because of COVID and we wanted to just talk about it as much as we could. And then sports came back, um, you know, sure as they will, baseball, followed by, uh, I guess, the NBA came back and then football. And now here we are. We have all the major sports are going. Yeah, it's, it's great, man. And we should never take for granted having sports again because I feel like we may have. And then it got taken away, and we were like, "What are we gonna do now?" I just, what? I don't, I, you know, I have a statement to say. Flaming hot take. I Jack has sports. a statement. I love sports so much. Yeah, that, that that that's not a hot take, my friend. No, that's a flaming hot take. That, yeah, that was but, being um, facetious, Sammy. But uh, that does it for us. A very fun episode. Lots to talk about. Fiftieth episode. Thank you guys so much. For yeah, listening. we're fifty episodes in. That is well. crazy. I think I saw something somewhere that. Like, it was like 30% of all podcasts don't make it past the 10th episode. And it's like 50% of all episodes don't make it past the 50th episode. So, you know, we thank you guys for keeping us going and motivating us to keep creating content. That is all from us today. So see you guys next time on Chatter from the Cheap Seats or or Sammy. Oh, God, I caught myself. Sammy, take us out. Bye.